Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. Awana starts back up this week. That's exciting. School starts this week. All the parents said. Amen. Uh, Loop and youth start back up again this week as well. So everything's back up and running. That's exciting. Good morning. How are you? Good, 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 good. Well, we are excited this morning to be kicking off our new series in the book of Ephesians, and the subtitle of the series is A Mighty Good Future, and it's from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, where the New Living Translation mentions God's mighty power. And uh, if you're watching us online this week, or if you're watching on TV, uh, the word mighty is a, is a Grammanan thing cold today, mighty. You hear about so-and-so, mighty. That's right, mighty good. Some mighty good, what? And so this is going to be a mighty good series and a mighty good year, and we are right mighty excited about what God is doing. Amen. We're in the final push here uh, towards finishing and opening our new church building, We're praying and believing that it will be much more than a building, but that it will open a new season of uh, ministry for Jesus here on our island and beyond. And so as as a group together, as we move towards that, and as we move from now towards Easter and away from all things 2020, and as we study uh, this book of Ephesians together, uh, it's all going to crescendo, that it's all coming together towards the opening of the church and uh, in Easter and all of that, and it's all coming together towards a mighty good future. So we're going to do a deep dive in Ephesians. I I really don't know how long we're going to be in this book, but it will be a while. And um, I encourage you to to bring your Bibles and mark them, uh, bring a journal and, and and journal what you're learning. You can't, I can't even remember what I preach. So if I can't remember, you can't remember. And so I encourage you to, to, to bring something to, to write in, uh, even if it's your phone, a tablet, or, or whatever. Uh, so this series, I'm just telling you up front, it's going to be crock pot and not microwave. And we're just going to slow cook this thing um, for a while. Um, many people would say that Ephesians is their favorite book of the Bible. It is rich, it is deep, it is personal, it is helpful. It was most likely written by Paul in around 61, 62 AD while he was in prison in Rome. We call it Ephesians, but we actually don't really know who the book was written to. Isn't that great? We call it Ephesians, but we're not, we're not really sure. The earliest manuscripts don't use the word Ephesians in the first couple of verses. So we think, we think that it was most likely was written to be a, a, a circular letter circulated to a group of churches in, a, in one particular region or, or area. 
the main themes of the book, and definitely the ones that we're going to pick up on in this series, the way that Paul contrasts the old you and the new you. You once were, but you now are. And we're going to pick up on that and focus on you once were, but you now are. And another theme in the book is how outsiders become insiders through Jesus. He mentions these, these Gentiles and how they're welcomed in and they become insiders. So Jesus is for everyone. Jesus can change anyone. And our future is mighty good. So let me paint uh, a little vision for you. When, <clears throat> in a few months' time, when you drive by the new church, the, the windows and the lights inside and the activity will send a message to the island that this church is alive and good things are happening. It'll, it'll look more like a lighthouse when we get some lights on inside there. It's funny, when we, when we first did the drawings and started to build it, and people said, well, it doesn't look like a lighthouse. And I think, did you think we were going to build a lighthouse? <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. Um, the lights and, and the, the glass and the windows and everything, all the activity will send a message that good things are happening. People will see the kids and families showing up for Awana. Parents, uh, if they want, can stay in the lobby and chat over coffee while the kids are enjoying Awana. The same thing on Wednesday evenings. Loop and youth will have the place rocking with life and activity. There will be alpha groups. Uh, alpha is dinner and a video in a very non-threatening environment to explore spiritual questions. Uh, looking forward to that. There will be Celebrate Recovery, a proven program helping people break free from hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Uh, we will have groups before church on Sunday mornings, just more opportunities for people to come and be in community together. We will eat salad, <laughs> grass and salad, and, and we'll be happy about it. No, but we will. We will eat often. We will stay after church and potluck and chat and just be family together like never before. We will continue to love Graham and Ann and do outreach and meet needs and respond when others in our uh, Graham and Ann family need help. We will love the way that Jesus taught us to love. And people on Graham and Ann will talk about us. You know that. And they will see the church as a lighthouse, and God will be glorified. There will be salvations and baptisms and radical stories of God's grace, and it will be some mighty good. All right, four of you agree. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to read the first two verses. I told you it would be crockpot. Ephesians 1 Verses 1 and 2, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, but remember the first manuscripts didn't mention that, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. These two verses are actually... They're actually rather, they're loaded. 
with, with words that set the tone for the rest of the letter. Paul describes himself a little bit. How would you describe yourself? If you only had one sentence or a few words to describe yourself, I know what you're doing. You're already describing the person beside you. Don't do that. <laughs> How would you describe yourself? How would other people describe you? Or what would be a theme or a goal or a way that you would want to be defined in 2021? And right from the start of his letter, Paul chooses to, to focus on and, and remind everyone about who he now is in Jesus. The old Paul, his old life is behind him. And right at the beginning of the letter, he tells us who he now is in Jesus. So that when churches receive this letter and they opened it and they read it aloud to, to you know, groups in their homes and they circulated the letter around all these brand new churches, Paul wants everyone to, to forget or put behind who he was, the, the old Paul, and he wants them to know and remember who he is now in Jesus. The past is behind me, and the future is in front of me, and the future is some mighty good. Who you are in Christ is more important than where you are in life. I'm going to say that again. Who you are in Christ is more important than where you are in life. For most of us, maybe all of us in this room, life does not go the way that, you, that we planned or the way that you thought. It just, it's life, and it's messy, and stuff happens, and where you find yourself in life is not as important as who you are in Christ. Paul writes this from a Roman prison. He's not focusing on his situation or circumstances or surroundings or COVID or anything else. He wants to put the focus on Jesus and what Jesus has done in his life. I mean, in, in Paul's, beside Paul's name in his high school yearbook, it probably didn't say most likely to become incarcerated in Rome, Right? Probably not. That's probably not what he saw in his future. He's in jail, and life went very differently than what he expected. But he's choosing not to focus on his situation, but to point everyone who reads his letter, not to focus on his situation, but to point everyone towards his transformation. Who you are in Christ is more important than where you are in life. And this is part of our vision for this series and for this year, that, that we as a group would put the past behind us and that we as a group would focus on who we are becoming in Christ as individuals and as a, and as a church. What is God doing right now in our lives and in the Lighthouse Church and on our island? And as I said on the front end of this message, it's it's building towards, I believe, that God is doing something in us that is, that is coinciding with the opening of that church and a new season of ministry that God is preparing for us, and I believe that today. As individuals and as a church, that we would be becoming more and more like Christ. 
Instead of picking out each other's faults, let's lift each other up. Let's cheer each other on and encourage each other to keep going and keep growing and, and spurring one another towards Jesus is what Paul does on the front end of this, of this letter. Just thinking, you know, just thinking about each other more can encourage one another. Um, letting people know I'm thinking about you or I'm praying for you, a note or a text or a visit or dropping something off or showing up for coffee or just, just being together. Doing life together can be, can be huge. Letting people know that they aren't forgotten can be huge. You know, churches are often known for all the wrong things, aren't they? We've covered this before. I'm not going to get into it in, in great detail. Churches are often known for the way that they, they fight and argue and complain and hate. Woo! Right? We will be known for our love and our grace and our forgiveness and our joy and our compassion. I can't see a stupid mask. We will be known for our love and our grace and our forgiveness and our joy and our, and our compassion. People around us need to see that in the church. We're not so hot and we're nothing special. We're just sinners saved by grace. Amen? This is not the cool church. This is not, right? It's none of that. It's just we're just a bunch of sinners saved by grace. Um, I mean, when people don't come to churches for lots of reasons, and one of those reasons is that they feel when they come in, they're going to be judged. They're going to be looked at a certain way, and, and uh, we've got to break down those stereotypes. Paul points uh, these readers, he points them to the calling of God in the will of God. It's right there in verse 1. This letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God, chosen by the will, the, the calling of God and the will of God. And Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19, tells us what the old Paul was like and how he was on a mission to round up all the Jesus followers that he could, that he could catch, like round them up and have them shackled and incarcerated because of their faith. And Acts 9, verses 1 through 19 tells us how Paul was literally knocked off his high horse by the presence of Jesus. And he hears the voice of Jesus, and he loses his eyesight. And then God sends a man named Ananias to pray over Paul, and God heals Paul and fills him with the Holy Spirit. And Paul wants these churches that he sends this letter to he wants them to know and never forget the transforming grace of God, the mighty power of God, the transforming grace of God that could change a person like Paul. God literally chose the worst of sinners and made him the missionary and the, the church planter and the author. I mean, whenever I hear someone say, whenever they talk about someone who is, who is like so far away from God and so against all things 
church and religious or spiritual or whatever, whenever I hear about someone like that, I think, boy, they can make a fantastic Christian. I mean, they can really be on fire for God. Because that's Paul's story. God took the person who was most, the furthest away in people's minds, you know, they were, even after Paul's transformation, people were terrified of him because he was the persecutor. And it's, it's Paul wants everybody to know that if God can, can change him, he can change anyone. Paul is not shy about boasting in Jesus. He invites people to look at his life as an example of what God can do. And you, in your life, you can be the reason that someone else sees Jesus. You don't believe that or or you're just chewing on it. But in 2021, someone else could see Jesus through you in your life. Very possible. Your life can point others to Jesus. And Paul starts his letter by pointing everyone to the transforming power of Jesus. He's like, like, it's me, Paul, and look at what God can do. And if God can do this in my life, he can do anything. It's crazy. It's awesome. Look at what God is doing. Don't ever think that your life is stuck or you're too far gone or that God has forgotten you or that things can't change or this is just the way it is. You have to see and believe that there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Your prayers matter. Your faith matters. So get up every day, defeat the enemy, stand proud in who you are in Jesus, and show the world what God can do. It's Paul who wrote in Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14. It's Paul who said, forgetting the past... 2020. Forgetting the past, excuse me, was that subtle? (laughs) And looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So Paul wants them to know that He is chosen by God, and he is called by God. Now, God does choose specific people at specific time for specific tasks. That's true. He does choose specific people at specific times to do specific tasks. That's a lot of specifics. That's true. Sometimes it's abrupt and dramatic. We just just studied that in the Christmas story. It's like, Boom, out of nowhere, God just shows up and calls someone to do something specific. Sometimes it's the voice of God. I'm not going to tell you my story again, but there's times in my life when I definitely heard a voice, woke up, made sure I was awake, opened my eyes, listened again, and heard a voice. Sometimes people approach Jesus And they initiated the conversation. Sometimes people went and saw Jesus and said, can you tell me what to do? Sometimes Jesus spotted people in the crowd. Sometimes people broke through the crowd to get closer to Jesus. And Paul was 
running as far from God as you could possibly run. He was not, he was not looking for the will of God when God called him. He was on a hunting trip for Christians. Sometimes the will of God is a whisper. Sometimes it's in a conversation with a friend, and you're like, what did you just say? What, 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 what did you just say? Sometimes it's in Scripture or in worship. Sometimes, sometimes it's in a sermon. Imagine. Sometimes it's, it's while you're serving or giving or praying or just taking the time to slow down and listen for God's voice. Sometimes it's in beachcombing. Right? At both ends of the island, I'll go ahead and say it. At your favorite beach, even if... <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes God just interrupts and speaks to us. And God's voice, I want you to hear this today, God's voice and his will and his calling are not just for full-time ministry and it's not just vocational. Like every time you hear God speak, you don't have to be worried that he's going to send you to seminary or to, you know, a jungle somewhere. God can call you to be a faithful spouse. He can call you to serve at Awana or youth or to visit shut-ins. You could be called to be a prayer warrior or a generous giver. And we celebrate the call to ministry. We do. And we want to be a sending church that's part of the church's history on Graham and Ann. We want to be a sending church. But if God calls you to go sit with a widow or mentor a young person, that is huge. And we celebrate that too. Amen? We, um, see, we might not even get through one verse today. I told you this is crockpot. Um, the second part of verse 1, Paul says, I'm writing to God's holy people who are faithful followers. Holy people, faithful followers. Holy people, faithful followers. These are, these are new churches. These are new believers. This, this is not people who have had faith passed down through five generations. Right? These are new Christians, and Paul calls them holy people and faithful followers. You are holy, gang. You are holy because of what Jesus has done for you, and you are faithful because of what you are doing for Jesus. You cannot make yourself holy, but you can choose to be faithful. The two are connected, holy and faithful. Your, your faithfulness to God comes out of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Ignore the person coming to get his guitar because I, I need you to catch this. 
that these two things, holiness and faithfulness, are connected. Your faithfulness to God, your, 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 your choice, your choosing to be continually faithful to God comes out of your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in you. Your faithfulness is a response to the relationship. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us, and he's in us. And that relationship produces faithfulness that I will serve him. I will follow him. It's, it's the, the two are connected, the holiness and the faithfulness. It's the Holy Spirit in you, that relationship that draws you towards Jesus. I'm going to serve him today. I'm going to serve him tomorrow. I'm going to serve him regardless. I'm going to trust him no matter what. I'm going to pray when I don't feel like it. I'm going to, right, that faithfulness, that, that steadfastness, those, those choices that we make every day, they don't come out of nothing. They come out of a relationship, the, the presence of God in you. The Holy Spirit in you draws you towards Jesus. It, it pulls you away from who you used to be. And, and it's making you more like him, more Christ-like. That's what Paul's saying right in the beginning of his letter. It's me, Paul, the new Paul. The new Paul, transformed by God's grace. You become faithful and you remain faithful by daily decisions resulting from your relationship with him. Faithfulness doesn't make you holy. That faithfulness does not make you holy. That would be works and religion. We don't want that. Like you don't work to become holy. It's holiness. It's God's presence in you that makes you faithful. It's the other way around. Faithful people, or excuse me, holy people, faithful followers. A fire inside you that guides you and empowers you and calls you and leads you towards faithful living. Now, I'm not talking about the old school holy that tried to be perfect. Right? We're talking about a heart that surrenders to the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's it. A heart surrendered to the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's it. And if the distance between who you were and who you are is increasing, like if you're getting further away from the old you, you are walking in holiness. That's it. That, that's it. And then, out of that relationship, you will be faithful. You just you become faithful. And the, the stakes are high on this um, because at this time, this season, this year, right now, our island needs a group of people who will remain faithful and, and steadfast, not out of works or not because out of religion, but out of a 
a relationship with Christ. And people, they're watching, and they need to see that, that we are we're faithful. Yes? Let's pray together. Thanks for listening and joining us today. If you'd like to know more about the Lighthouse Church, you can find us on Facebook at Lighthouse Graham and Ann or on Instagram at The Lighthouse GM. We'd love to chat with you more. Maybe something jumped out at you or grabbed your attention while you were listening today. We would love to talk with you and discuss some of the deeper questions of life together. God loves you, we love you, and we're in this together.